Hi everyone, this is Janice, your neighborhood nutritionist. I've spent the last couple of years helping busy office professionals upgrade their health through upgrading their nutrition. And one thing was very obvious. Nobody's got time to read up on all the scientific stuff to know fact from fiction. So each week, I will talk to you about a different topic or concept in nutrition in simple, everyday terms, so you are empowered to make the best nutritional decisions. Get ready to learn about some new stuff, gain new insights into old concepts, and super boost your health. So today I've got Amanda, a registered holistic nutritionist here to talk to us a little bit about fibromyalgia. So thank you so much, Amanda, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, when I first, I think, made contact with you, I wasn't even <laughs> sure what fibromyalgia was. And, yeah. you know, this is completely my own ignorance. I did go have a look at it. Yeah. And um Maybe before we really go into that, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and your relationship with fibromyalgia? Yeah, so my journey started when I was 20. I was diagnosed in 2010, but I had dealt with health issues since I was born. So Mm -hmm. I was born six weeks early. I had a lot of immune issues. I was sick every four to six weeks. And a lot of times when people think, oh, you were sick, they probably think, oh, a day or two. No, Mm -hmm. it was 10 days. It was always 10 days. And um, then I was always recovering. And then I was always, and then I would get sick again. So I didn't have a lot of time in between where I felt good. And Mm -hmm. I was always dealing with fatigue and headaches and I ran a fever for several years and it was a really high temperature. And then for several years, it was very low temperature, but even my temperature went up just a teeny bit. I would feel horrible. Like it would Mm. be like someone who had like a really high temperature and I had congestion. I had a lot of immune issues. It was a lot of junk and draining down the throat and all that type of stuff, sore throats and everything. And so they don't know what to do except for they put you on the antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like no matter wherever you're in the world, you get put on the antibiotics. And so I I dealt with that. And eventually I was diagnosed by a rheumatologist and he says, oh, you have fibromyalgia. Hmm. Okay. I had never heard of fibromyalgia. And 10 years ago, I believe people didn't know about fibromyalgia. 10 years later, I think people have heard of it, but they still don't know what it is. So mm-hmm. that started the vicious cycle of what's what am I doing to get better? Mm-hmm. Which was... A journey in itself <laughs> because the a lot of times when you go to the rheumatology or the prime your primary doctor might diagnose you they'll say okay you have fibromyalgia 
okay. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, okay, you could either go on, usually it's Gapitin or Cymbalta or Lyrica, and that's supposed to help you with the fatigue and pain and stuff. And I did Cymbalta, but I was like, I'm not doing this <laughs> the rest of my life. I was nauseous. I felt horrible. Mm -hmm. I have found, I haven't taken very many medications in my life and, but I don't do very well with medications and stuff. It might be a genetic thing. Cause I have a family member who does deals with that too. And it, the second thing they always recommend is physical therapy. Mm. And so physical therapy, I think they believe is to help with like movement and it's good to move your body and everything. I totally agree that it's great to do movement and stuff, but it's not a health condition where you get it because you're overweight. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think sometimes I feel like the doctors think that, and I've never been overweight. I had just completed a 500 hour personal training program, like pretty much the year before. So that's the two main things they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing right next door to the physical therapy was a pain management place. Mm -hmm. So we, so our, my grandma was like, okay, should she do that? The rheumatology people, of course, they just say yes. And I went for a consultation and then I had, they said, oh, you're going to have to have three treatments. I was like, okay, three treatments of drawing little circles on all the little trigger points because this is how they diagnose people with fibromyalgia, sleep issues for three months or more and it hasn't gone away, they might diagnose you. So it's really a horrible system of how people get diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So mm -hmm. what happened is they stuck these needles into all of those 13 trigger points, which then you're awake. So then your blood sugar drops really low. And then of course they have to give you cookies and juice. And I was coming out crying, crying, crying. And my grandma would drive us home. And I was like, this is awful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am not going to do the third treatment. And I, I think for me, I said, if something's not working, then I don't keep doing it. And I think that's a lot of times I think people need to realize if something's not working, then you don't, you don't have to continue to do it. And so eventually in back in 2011, in the spring, we found, actually McGraw found a clipping in the newspaper and it said a wellness talk by a chiropractor. And it's, she went to the talk who was 10 minutes away in Southern Arizona. And he said, well, she has fibromyalgia since she was 20, at 20 years old, then she's been very, very sick a long time. Mm -hmm. And my grandma said a light bulb went off in her head and she thought, oh, he really gets this. And so that started my journey of 
He did stool testing, saliva testing. Um, he actually found out I had two genes predisposed me to gluten sensitivity run from each parent. And so I have a soy, eggs, and dairy. And he's, and so it was the highest he had ever seen in his practice with the gluten sensitivity. And then everything else was really high too. And that started the back in July, 2011, I did elimination diet which if nobody knows what that is, it's you get rid of all those allergenic foods and you're pretty much on fruits, vegetables, carbs. It's pretty strict. And then you start adding those foods back after a month, adding them back slowly. Mm -hmm. And every couple of days you add something in because you want to see the reaction of how your body's doing with that food in your system. And for me, I think the biggest thing is your, your life's like a journey. And I, and I went to naturopaths, I did everything. I did acupuncture, I did everything. But I worked with him for eight months, but I did some other things afterwards because I wanted to, I was still, my immune system still wasn't its best. But I think a lot of times you have to realize it takes time. It might take several years. Mm -hmm. You didn't wake up with that health condition. So I think a lot of times people think, well, I'm going to fix, I'm going to do one thing and it's going to mm -hmm. fix my health condition. And I'm like, no, you have to really, it has to be the lifestyle supplements, food choices, your mindset, uh, you have to be motivated to do it because a lot of times people aren't motivated to change with their health. So it's all a journey. You're always working on it, but if you could get back to living a life again with the fibromyalgia, that's the biggest thing. I think I really loved a few points you brought up, yeah. you know, which is around if something doesn't work for you, stop, right? Because, yeah, you know, again, the super famous quote, if you do something over and over again and you expect a different outcome, that's yeah. the definition of insanity. We keep doing things over and over again and then we're like still doing it years later and it's not working for you. And if you're on these medications and you still don't feel better, why are you still on the medications? Because your doctor told you to stay on the medications. Well, yeah. try to ask your doctor, can I get off these medications? Because they're not doing anything for me. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I think people need to do is write down your medications. Write down when you start things. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times, I think people don't even realize they've been on things for two or three or four, 10 years. It's mm. because we forget and we're so busy nowadays we don't even know what we did yesterday <laughs> yeah and a lot of the times you know <laughs> drawing back to nutrition I think this yeah. is why I always keep, tell my clients to keep a food diary because yeah. it's not so much I can be the food police right it's not that at all but 
the fact is a lot of people just grab and go they eat while they work and then you don't even know what you've eaten when you ate it and how much you ate yeah because people they don't even realize what they're doing nowadays because we're so busy it's not that we want to like judge you for however you're eating mm-hmm. and stuff because I don't want to judge people I don't judge people but I want to be that support person yeah but the best thing is for me to know okay what are you doing so we could get you to that point where you're feeling better mm-hmm. um and so you know coming back to the main topic of today's episode Please tell me and tell the listeners what exactly is fibromyalgia? Because in the UK, for example, uh, I found some figures of maybe two years ago in 2018. It was estimated that around two to 4.5% of people in the UK have it. So it's actually pretty common if, if you look at it like that. Yeah, I actually found the recent statistic where it said, 5 million to 10 million in the U.S. have it. So Hmm. a lot of times, so with fibromyalgia, (laughs) this is the problem, is that they're not quite sure. They think it's lifestyle and you might have had like a big trauma that happened in your life, Mm -hmm. like a car accident or you've had some trauma in your childhood or whatever. I think, honestly, I think it's autoimmune issues, mm-hmm. but a lot of times I'll have people say to me, well, my doctor says it's not an autoimmune issue, it's neurological, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think because a lot of times people with fibromyalgia, we get people to say, well, like I just had someone tell me recently, they're like, well, my doctor says it's all in my head, Okay. And I say, it's sad because honestly, people with fibromyalgia (laughs) would never make it up. I mean, you don't make up being an excruciating pain. You can't even take a shower, right? Mm -hmm. So honestly, it's people wouldn't make this up. A lot of times the people I talk to, they're like super motivated people. But now the fibromyalgia, they can't work or they can't even cook and clean and so honestly I think fibromyalgia it's lifestyle food choices I think food plays a big part it might be trauma but I always tell people you have to we have to get past the diagnosis to start taking some action Mm -hmm. so with fibromyalgia the biggest thing is if you're doing dealing with excruciating pain where you can't move or get off the couch, then you probably have it. Most of the time people are dealing, fatigue is the big thing. Mm -hmm. Like fatigue, pain. Uh, The third thing I would say is sleep. People don't feel like they're getting that restful run sleep. They feel like they've been hit by a truck when they get up. A lot of times you can't fall asleep and you can't stay asleep. Mm-hmm. And I would say brain fog is a huge, huge issue with fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times I think food sensitivities plays a big role in fibromyalgia too. And there are, honestly, there's so many like other issues with fibromyalgia, but those, I would say those are the top five. Is it 
so you know these sim let's call them symptoms right i think yeah. a lot of people with other autoimmune diseases or other you know some of them neurological diseases do also suffer very similar symptoms so is it if you kind of tick you know three to four or all of these then it's more likely that you've got fibromyalgia um for me i think it's i would say at least three or three of the five so it's a cluster usually instead yeah. of standalone yeah honestly i think if you're mm -hmm. dealing with fatigue excruciating pain i always tell people it's not just a little pain that you get mm -hmm. it's a constant pain it's your neck it's your back it's your arms it's your legs and so it's basically a, you will yeah. know if you can't get off the couch you probably have it i always say that to people because mm. i think a lot most of the time people say to me well i feel better i'm feeling better with my fibromyalgia or i'm having a good day mm. and honestly i don't think people with fibromyalgia ever have a good day unless you have totally over redone your diet and your food choices and everything mm -hmm. because I think people think, I think a lot of times, sometimes you get diagnosed with fibromyalgia and might not be fibromyalgia. So. Right. And you mentioned that, you know, when you first got diagnosed, the treatment options were, let's say, quite superficial. You know, they're putting a Band-Aid on the symptoms instead right. of going to the root cause and trying to, you know, in a sense, maybe rebalance your health bottom up. So right. from your perspective as, you know, a holistic nutritionist who focuses on helping people with fibromyalgia, um, how do you mention, you know, lifestyle and diet changes a few times. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, of course, everyone's body is different, but what are some of the principles or guidelines you usually tell people? We can go as slow with the recommendations or as fast as you want. But with um, food choices, it's not going to be elimination diet. And I, because honestly, people can't even get off the couch. Mm. So you can't even take a shower. So maybe we have to look at your breakfast and see what you're doing there. But maybe we would just start with one meal. Maybe we don't even start with um, your food in the beginning. Maybe we look and see, okay, you're not sleeping. Okay, maybe we should work on the sleep first. So I think, honestly, it's a journey. And I always tell people, it's I'm not gonna just work on one area. I know everybody always wants to work on the, they just want the quick fix or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, and that's not me. I'm not gonna get, I might give you recommendations. You might feel better within a couple of weeks, but we still have work to do. I think the biggest thing is we gotta get you back to living a life again. It's not mm -hmm. just one thing. And I think a lot of times, I think it's society. We just think, oh, one thing's gonna fix me. And I always tell people, you didn't wake up with this health condition, most likely. It probably developed over 10, 15, 20 years. Mm. So 
you can't expect it to be fixed within 24 hours or a week or a couple weeks. It takes time. Yeah, and it's you know it it doesn't even have to be yeah. something as complex or as yeah. misunderstood as fibromyalgia. Even you know people talking about wanting to lose weight or having oh, some yeah. eating habits that they want to change. I always remind people you might have built this up since when you were four, basically, and you're now fifty. So. Why are you trying to undo or change something that's built over 40 something years in two days? It's just right. not going to happen. Well, I think people think when they come to me, I'm like, I'm never going to judge you. If we, if you don't follow my recommendations, that's fine. Well, I'll ask you why we didn't, you didn't follow them. And then we can make the changes. I think a lot of times it's okay if you're, as long as you're slowly making progress, then mm -hmm. you're, it's not going to, you're not going to fix it. They always say that um, there's that saying where it's like takes 21 days to make it, yeah. to change it, change a habit. Mm -hmm. And so I think people need to realize it's not going to take, it's not going to be a fast thing. You're mm -hmm. going to have slip ups and I mean, going, I mean, going gluten-free is not probably the easiest thing for a lot of people. So people are going to have slip ups, but I mean, it's life. So, so before we finish, um, I'd like to invite you to actually give our listeners three actionable pieces of advice. So perhaps especially for listeners who know people with fibromyalgia or they are personally suffering from it or they think they might be? Yeah. So number one is if you know someone who has fibromyalgia, then I would recommend you could, I, I have a free sleep guide. So that's the first mm. thing I would recommend is getting people on that to download that resource it's really just free and it's and it helps you get that deep 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 restful REM sleep that you want to get and you don't feel like you've been hit by a truck mm -hmm. and that's a big thing for me is I don't want people to not be able to have a good night's sleep so that's mm -hmm. a big thing uh, second is if you have fibromyalgia, I don't want you to give up. I I think a lot of times people with fibromyalgia say, well, I'm okay. And I say to them, are you really okay? And I think you, with people with fibromyalgia, the, the number one thing is, I think they're so sick and tired of everybody not believing them so then they just automatically say i'm not okay i i'm okay instead of being honest yeah and because yeah. like you mentioned at the beginning it's one of those yeah. things that nobody can quite put their finger on what it actually is what causes is and what no. treatments there are it's just a kind of cluster of your body is screaming for some reason yeah i think 
And honestly, I actually watched a video on YouTube where <laughs> it was a very sad video, but it was, um, everybody knows who he is in the US, but it was a talk show, Dr. Phil, mm -hmm. and he had a rheumatologist and this poor lady had fibromyalgia and the recommendations were very sad because it's the same thing I hear all the time from everybody else. It's good. Do the physical therapy, do the pain management, join a support group. And mm. this lady had already been doing all of those, had already done all of those things. And her husband didn't understand why she was so sick and everything. So I think it's just, it's just sad. We just, we have to get to a point where if our family members have fibromyalgia, then we have to ask, we could say, maybe you don't say to them, oh, are you okay? Because that might drive them crazy all the time, but just make them a meal. Or maybe mm. they need their kids. Maybe you could watch their kids for a few hours or do something little. Maybe it's get their groceries, just something little. So you could support them that way. Or mm. if they want to talk, just let them talk and don't say anything. So there's ways to support people with fibromyalgia. And it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be too big it just be a little subtle little thing but um the third tip i would say is you have to be an advocate for yourself if you're on the medications or if you've been on the medications and been to the rheumatologist and you've done that for several years then maybe it's time to do something differently I think a lot of times, I think we get stuck in doing the same thing over and over again, like I talked about before. And the biggest thing is you have to, honestly, if you really want to get well, you have to track everything you're sort of doing. Mm -hmm. Take I ownership, right? You have to take ownership of your health. And I know, Amanda, you also have your own podcast. So I will make sure that in the show notes, we'll put a link in for our listeners for your sleep guide, as well as your podcast, so that we can get more specific information. And the final, final question I have for you is, what is the one food that takes you to your happy place every time? Um, honestly, I, I, so I make a dairy-free chocolate pudding. And so I love, so that I would say that, and I, it's actually a sort of, it's sort of a special memory now because mm -hmm. I just had a family member we just lost. And the, one of the last things, the last thing she ate was the chocolate pudding and she wanted me to make it for her. So that's just a big thing for me. that's it for this episode of neighborhood nutritionist thank you so much for spending this time with me and i hope you've really enjoyed it and learned something you can take away with you today if you could take a second to share this episode with one person you think will love it that would be absolutely amazing and don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening now see you soon Bye.